For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins? But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not. Neither hadst pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By by the which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he hath said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these... Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. So you're here at Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 12 said, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Who is this man? It's our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So this man, in verse 12, Hebrews chapter 10, is Jesus Christ. He fulfilled what all of those other sacrifices in the Old Testament, all that shed blood, again, of bulls and goats and of doves and lambs, and we know uh, all the different things that they used by God's instruction. And they were doing right. They were following God's ways. What Jesus did is he fulfilled what those sacrifices represented. He fulfilled the law in lots of ways. This is one way that he did so by giving his own perfect sacrifice. Remember the lamb uh, in the land of Egypt that they sacrificed to paint blood on their doorpost when God came through and destroyed the firstborn of the Egyptians. He had to be of a certain age, that lamb. He had to be perfect in several different ways. You couldn't have any spots on him. You couldn't have any blemishes on him. Because he represented a Savior who was perfect in all ways. He had no spots, no blemishes in any way 
All right. We're actually going to make a jump now over to what's uh, commonly called the faith chapter, and that is chapter 11 in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. And to get there, we're going to read from 32, verse 32 in Hebrews chapter 10. Or, all right, let's start from verse 30. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth to me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. There's this man again. There's our Lord again. I will recompense, saith the Lord, verse 30. And again the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. But call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated, we've already sang this morning, send the light, and we've pointed out that that means to send the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus Christ. Call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you saw the light, you recognized the truth, you endured great fight of afflictions. And certainly we have and do meet resistance as we live this life uh, attempting and striving to be holy as our God is holy. Verse 33 says, Partly whilst you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst you became companions of them that were so used, for ye had comparison of me in my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Nothing that we've accumulated on this earth is going with us. We came in with nothing into this earth, into this life. We'll leave out of here with nothing. But praise God, we have such substance waiting for us that our Lord has prepared for us. And that's a promise. Cast not away, verse 35, therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Do we have confidence this morning? I don't have much confidence in myself, but I do have confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. I do have confidence in the Holy Spirit that He has, God has, imputed to me. I will write my laws, my words in their heart, remember. And that's what He's done when He saved us. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. What is the will of God? It's that we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? Verse 37, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we, God's people, those who have been illuminated, those who believe, but we are not of them who draw back unto 
perdition or e eternal suffering. But we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. All right. Now, now faith, chapter 11, verse 1, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, what does that mean? Well, let's look at it. The word here used for faith is P-I-S-T-I-S, pistis. The definition is complete trust or confidence. And we just read, cast not away therefore your confidence in someone or something. It's an assurance. And along with this faith, this trust, this confidence comes something that the Lord calls peace. We are given peace because we trust in Him. Because we realize that trusting in ourselves will not get us where we're going. We realize that nothing is impossible with the Lord but most is impossible with us. And all things spiritual are impossible with us, relying or depending or trusting in ourselves. Now faith, this complete trust or confidence in someone, in this case, in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is the substance. Now, this word substance uh, how about hypostasis? That's about the best I can do to pronounce it. But that's the word here. That's the Greek. It is a setting under or a support like a solid foundation. Substance. This is substance. I, I can grab it. I can hold it. It's hard. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. I want us to see that this morning. Faith is the substance. Faith is the concrete foundation that our lives are standing on. And it's solid. It's not going anywhere. Because Jesus Christ is solid and He's not going anywhere. Most of you know I've built quite a few houses in my life where had hand in building houses. When we build a house nowadays, and I'm not putting down a above-ground foundation, but nowadays we pour concrete slabs. And that concrete slab is first designed. It has to be designed with the rest of the building in mind, right? Absolutely. Here in uh, Hurricane hurricane. Uh, part of the country where we live there's even uh, steel bolts that are down in the concrete tied to steel that go all the way up to the trusses to give the trusses support from high winds so it's designed with the building that's going to rest on it in mind 
There's steel in the slab. There's wire in the slab. There's rebar, steel bars sitting on chairs uh, in the footers. All of this is for strength in the future. That, that's what it does. That's what it's for. And that's how it's designed to hold up under the stress of the building that's foreseen. Does that make sense? All right. The same is true with Jesus Christ being our foundation. You see, we rely on Him. And this faith, by the way, as we all know, Jesus Christ is the author of it, and He's the finisher of it. Well, that makes it sure right there, doesn't it? That makes it solid to stand on right there. He is the same God that designed and created all that is. Wow, we can depend on Him, can't we? We can trust in Him. So, this foundation that faith is, faith is the substance of what we're hoping for, or the foundation of what we're hoping for. It was designed by God. This building that we're talking about being built on a foundation is your life. That's what it is. It's your life. What foundation is your life built on? Hopefully it's built on the confidence you have in what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. We read about the old sacrifices, the old bloodshed. It didn't save one soul. But it pointed the minds of the people that the sacrifices were for. It pointed their minds to the real sacrifice that at that time was yet to come. But it points our minds back to that sacrifice. Abraham and Isaac represented it, didn't they? When Abraham was told to take his life. And Abraham told Isaac in answer to the question, where is the lamb or where is the offering? He spoke a tremendous truth. He said, son, God will provide himself a lamb. And he did, didn't he, in the person of the Son of God. He did provide himself a lamb. All right, so we said that this building that's going to set on this foundation is your life. Your life consists of what you think, what you feel, what you say, and what you do. Do we base what we think, how we feel, what comes out of our mouth, what we say, or what we do on our confidence in Jesus Christ, on His Word? His Word is spiritual food for us, isn't it? We're strengthened by it. We're cleansed by it. We just talked about that uh, a few Sundays ago. How we are cleansed by the washing of the water of the Word of God. It cleanses our minds. It gives our minds strength. It gives us strength 
mentally to push out those things that don't bring honor to him, to push out those things that would lead us away from his truth. Men seem to think that it's okay to make little changes in God's truth to make people feel better about themselves. Well, let me tell you, we don't have the right or the authority to change God's Word. The psalmist said, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. It's not going to change. And it's always been right. All right. So, we said Jesus Christ is a sure foundation. This foundation of Jesus Christ will stand, will stand, stay, support the life through the wrath of God's righteous judgment of sin. God hates sin. Just a little while ago we were uh, studying it on Noah's Ark. We will get back there, Lord willing, one day. But God showed how much he hated sin, didn't he? He destroyed his creation. He destroyed all but eight souls. That ark was designed by God. That ark was built by God's design. And it made it. Everything else was destroyed. But those eight souls in that ark that was built by God's design, they were saved. You and I are in the same boat, if you'll excuse the expression. We're in the same boat. And that boat, that ark, is the Son of God in the person of Jesus Christ. You see, we have been safely placed in Jesus Christ. God sees you through the shed blood of His Son. Why that blood? Why can Jesus die for us and nobody else could? God's design is perfect, isn't it? God planned and prepared Jesus Christ a body. He was born of a virgin. There was no man involved in his birth. So he didn't inherit the nature that you did. He didn't inherit the nature that I did, which is sinful and drawn to sin. No, God designed and planned the body and the life of Jesus Christ as a foundation for your spiritual life. God planned it from before the fall in the Garden of Eden. After the fall, he demonstrated it by making coats of skins where an innocent animal died to cover their sin. Their works looked good to each other. He couldn't see her nakedness. She couldn't see his. God saw through them. Same is true with our works. You see, all our dependence is on what God did. Salvation is by works, the works of Jesus Christ alone. 
it's important that we make that distinction, isn't it? All right. God prepared a perfect body and it pleased the Father because he had no sin. That body was designed, planned, and created to be the sacrificial Lamb of God. Yes, men beat him and they crucified him. But kind of like Joseph told his brothers, you remember when they came to Egypt for food, they didn't recognize him. He knew them. He said, you meant it for evil against me, but God meant it for good. Evil men crucified our Lord. But God designed it, planned it, and saw it through. That perfect body qualified to be the foundation for your spiritual life. He didn't sin. It was perfect in the eyes of God. And then he freely and voluntarily gave that life up and suffered a terrible death of this body, this perfect body designed by God, dedicated from the very beginning to a death that would provide life and life eternal. Well, God's in control, isn't he? What a sovereign God, one over all. He is in control. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Evidence is an item of proof or a knowledge of proof. We see it in our court system, <coughs> excuse me, and in our <coughs> judicial system, the law. You got to have proof, right? Right. You have to be proven guilty in this country, at least that's the baseline, or you're innocent until such time. And proof has to have evidence. There has to be evidence. Well, faith is the substance, the foundation of things hoped for, and that's this eternal life that God has promised us. It is the evidence of things not seen. We have evidence within us that God's Word is true. We have evidence within us that we are God's child. We have evidence within us that Jesus died on the cross for me and for you. And that evidence is God-given and it's called faith. We believe, you see. We stand on that foundation of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. Oh, a perfect foundation on which our spiritual life stands. And as we stand on Jesus Christ, I mentioned earlier that the Lord said He would send a comforter. And He has. And that comforter brings peace. And He does. And He has. That comforter is the Holy Spirit of God. 
And as we rest on Jesus Christ, we have that peace in our heart. We're going to heaven. We are going to praise Him forever. We are going to forever learn of His ways. Oh, and if there's any crowns involved, we're going to throw them at His feet, aren't we? We are. This life we have, this life that is eternal that we have, He bought it and He paid for it, didn't He? He is a marvelous Savior. Won't you stand on the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ this morning? God designed the body of Jesus Christ, the physical body. The Holy Spirit overshadowed the Virgin Mary. Not a man. He was born perfect. He lived perfectly. That's what we're standing on, isn't it? It's this foundation of our spiritual life that Jesus Christ gave His perfect body, His perfect life for us. And there's nothing spiritually that we can add to that. Any good spiritually that comes from us has originated with Him. It's important to realize that. There's no place for the pride of man in this spiritual life, is there? No. But if I would rejoice, if I would be proud... I'll be proud in the fact that I know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me because He loved me with a love that there is no comparison to, no matter where you look. What a great love. Paul said nothing can separate us from this love. What confidence, what peace we should have in our minds and hearts that we are resting on He who did not and could not fail in redeeming us from the situation that we were in, fallen and undone. But praise God, we have been redeemed. He has saved us by His mercy and His grace. What a great Savior.